Hey folks, thanks for coming in a little early before we record tonight's episode. Look, we've been getting pretty good listening figures since season two started, but I feel like we really need to push ourselves to get over that next bump and really, you know, grow the podcast. So I want to hear your ideas on how we could maybe do that. This is an open forum and a safe space. So remember, there are no stupid ideas, only stupid people. We could invite another guest on. Guests are always fun. Do you have anyone in mind? A cat. A cat. My cat. We could give away a car. We don't have the budget. We could give away your car. We could create a meme. Uh, Expand on that. People like memes. Great. We could do an episode from outer space. And how would we get there? Uber XL. We could do an episode from inner space. You mean just like that Dennis Quaid movie? Yeah, just like the parrot trap. We could pivot to become a true crime podcast. What? Fine, we could pivot to become an untrue crime podcast. Start a beef with Mark Barron. Start a beef with the office ladies. Start a beef with ourselves. I hate you, Neff. We could become Spotify exclusive. We become a MySpace exclusive. We could become a scheduled radio broadcast on an AM transmitter. These are all terrible. Musical episode. Clip show episode. Animated episode. Free hot dog with every download. Free dog with every download. Free download. The show is already free and we're not giving anything away. Please stop pushing that. Every fifth download summons Candyman. Every fifth download installs spyware. Every fifth download makes your phone explode. We only cover movies directed by James Cameron. We only cover movies starring Dove Cameron. We only cover movies starring Kirk Cameron. Please stop. We do an episode in 3D. Wait. Go on. Everyone could wear those free glasses you get at the theater. And we could just shove stuff through the screen of their device at random intervals. And everyone will lap it up because who doesn't like getting poked by stuff? I... I love it. We can charge people extra for the 3D version of the podcast, even though the content will be exactly the same. People will pay thousands to retrofit their devices with this technology, and because it's not just a gimmick, it'll last forever. I knew there was a reason I was keeping you guys on the payroll. You don't pay us. So, what movie that is not available in 3D would you like to see converted into a 3D movie? Ordinary People. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You want the 1980 Academy Award winning drama Ordinary People in 3D? No, but just imagine like all those intense scenes. Like it feels like you're crying there with them and you like want to give them a hug. Like the painful scenes will just be even more painful. Think of that emotional gravitas. (laughs) So you're literally looking to make the 3D experience more emotional. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't you cry more? No. I mean, I don't really like ordinary people, (gasps) you know. um, It's fine. It's okay. It's not, you know, Raging Bull should have won that year, but whatever. And it has like, if you want the things that are in your face, there's a whole like boat scene accident. That's pretty like, that's pretty like (laughs) up there with the, what's that movie? Jurassic World. (laughs) Riveting. For a boat accident, you went with Jurassic World and not, you know, Titanic. That's already in 3D, I think. Didn't they, didn't they just re-release that in 3D? I think they just did, yeah. Oh, such a good movie. I uh, I went to look up, because I'm, I'm actually going to rely on you for this one, Neth. Mm. I went to look up if The Mummy has a 3D uh, version, but was sidetracked when Google took me to, was there a mummy on the Titanic? <laughs> was there? 
I think there was. There was not. <laughs> oh. There was a rumor going around for a while. There was. Uh, so it, it basically says if the story sounds too good to be true, it's because it oh. is. So there is no records of the mummy being transported on the ship. However. That's what they want you to believe. Exactly. So who says that they couldn't have just snuck the mummy on the Titanic? Oh my- and that's really what cursed it. I'm just saying. Why have the Asylum not made a movie of that yet? Mummy on the Titanic. That just mm-hmm. sounds amazing. <gasps> I kind of love the idea that it's the whole um, Jack and Rose lifting up on the on the bow of the boat or the nose of the boat. But it's the mummy and he's decomposing <laughs> as he's trying to be king of the world. His arm falls in the fucking Atlantic. Yeah. I mean, that would make a great horror movie. Somebody finds a sarcophagus at the bottom of the ocean in the Titanic wreck. And then, uh, and then it ends up Yo. coming to life and murdering people or something. Maybe that's what James Cameron was looking for down there all this time. Maybe he knows something about that that we don't. Oh my God! James Cameron directs it, and Brendan Fraser stand like stars in it. I would, <laughs> I would die. Nice. <laughs> I would love this. I will write so this. So wait, you're saying you want the mummy in 3D? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that that works for, right? Like that that movie has right? all the kind of prerequisite shit that a 3D movie needs. It's got like, you know, people popping all over the place and scarab beetles running around. That shit would work in 3D. Uh, I think she just wants Brendan Fraser in 3D. Yes. Um, Megan, what do you want in 3D? Um, it's a toss up between Back to the Future Ooh. and, uh, you know, car comes straight at you out of the screen. Yes. Um, Nice. And uh, the original Ghostbusters. I was going to say the 2016 Ghostbusters, but apparently it was in 3D. And now it was in 3D because I saw it in 3D. I saw it twice in theaters. So there is a reasonably good chance that I saw it in 3D and just do not fucking remember. So I don't know. I guess I don't. I guess the 3D wasn't impressive enough for me to remember it. It wasn't. It sucked. Because I saw it with Brian in the theaters. So he tends to prefer to go for the 3D option if it's available. So we, we must have seen it in 3D if it was available in 3D. So now I'm like, hmm. Also, you saw that movie twice in fairs. I'm sorry. The, I like the movie, but I um I, I can't remember why I saw it twice. Brian fucking loved it. Excellent dance sequences. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Paul Feig stand, but the uh, the original, like, I'm just I'm trying to think of how the original could be. It, the, the Marshmallow Man sequence would be really fucking awesome in 3D. Yeah, that would look figure uh, out like, some way to make the Marshmallow Man like Slimer coming straight to, down the hallway to Venkman would look awesome in 3D. Yeah, like anything involving the the uh, proton beams or something. I don't know. I realize what could take it next level is if have you ever guys done like 4D? So like. <laughs> Oh, with the chairs that move the back and forth. Chairs. There we go. I, I've done that with Shrek. Oh, I think the audience should get slimed. Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, the... I think that would be part of it. Like, you get the whole like the splatter section. First, you think it's 3D with the glasses, and then you get splattered, and then you touch your face, and like, oh no, this is real. Yeah, fuck whatever that afterlife movie is. I want like an interactive Ghostbusters movie where people are getting slimed in the first several rows, and like. <laughs> I mean, speaking of people getting slimed in the first few rows, you know what movie I want in 3D? Resident Evil. Evil Dead. No. Evil Dead. Or sorry, Evil Dead no, is what no, I meant no, to say. No, 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 Boogie Nights. Oh, God. I thought you were going to say Greasy Strangler. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Boogie Nights in 3D. And then right at the end, when he flops out his cock, the audience would all just scream and it would be amazing. Okay. 
you know how in when like 3D movies are all the rage, like every trailer would have like this family and be like, <gasps> and like shocked as like the tire comes at them. Imagine if they used boogie oh, nights for true. that to <laughs> emphasize the best, like why you need to go to the cinemas <laughs> is because of boogie nights. Because <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's prosthetic cock is going to pop out of the screen right at you. And the audience reaction is just, <gasps> and then intrigued. And then they, I don't know, they lean in. I don't know. <laughs> trying to poke at it, trying to reach for it. Yeah, I realize now that 4D Boogie Nights would be too much. 3D, maybe. 4D, too much. I don't know what to expect. There's there's people that are into Bukkake. I mean, oh God. The, oh my there's, there's oh my a market God. for that. Megan, stop bringing up Bukkake <laughs> on this fucking podcast. That's like the third time you've you done it. Spike, it's 3D. I'm sorry. We've already it... earned the little E on iTunes, and we've only been fucking recording <laughs> for five minutes. <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound. Now. Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> welcome to Bad With Numbers, a podcast where we talk about terrible scenes. Equals. I'm Neff, joined as always by Laura. Hi. Roddy. Heyo. And Megan. Hey. And this week on the show, we are talking about Spy Kids 3D Game Over uh, from the year 2003, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Were you guys uh, familiar with this franchise? Yeah, not really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was familiar with the fact that you're like, my cousin would be like, oh, you need to see El Mariachi. Oh, you need to see Desperados. Oh, what's he doing next? Spy Kids. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. That's a pretty interesting pivot he made there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my Jen's thing, and I remember very see i didn't actually connect it until i saw the glasses in the movie mm. but i remember going to blockbuster and them having the 3d glasses on the counter that you had to buy separately so i remember having those and thinking that it was so cool that i had the glasses that were in the movie wait 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 so if you rented this movie at blockbuster mm-hmm. you had to buy your own pair of glasses to watch it i think so i don't what? i was pretty y- young so i could have been but as far as i remember it was an extra charge it might it might have just been special ones because i know there have been 3d movies that i've gone to at the theater anyways where they sell extra special 3d glasses yeah the, at the concession stand instead of the disposable ones or whatever i have iron man ones so i i'll date myself as usual by being old as fuck but i remember working in a video store as a teenager and um freddy's dead the final nightmare was mm-hmm. um available to rent and it came with four pairs of of 3D glasses, like the the cardboard paper ones, just came with a rental, mm. and they were just returned. When you returned it, they were not sanitized, they were not cleaned, they were just doled out to the next person mm. renting the movie. And in 2021, that just seems like such a a grim thought. Mm-hmm. Going to that blockbuster, it's like, why does they everybody have pink eye? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, um, yeah. Like this franchise, I I definitely saw the first movie in theaters. Um, I don't think I've ever seen the second one, but I also definitely saw this one in theaters. I remember taking my daughter to see it when she would have been maybe like five years old and the only reason we went to watch it is because she wanted to go and see Pirates of the Caribbean but it was um, it was sold out because it was around the same time and uh, so we just ended up going to watch this and then went and saw Pirates of the Caribbean like the next night or whatever I mean this was the better movie <laughs> Mm. Uh, maybe in retrospect, sure, but definitely in the summer of 2003, everybody was on that Pirates of a Caribbean trip, right? I was also. <laughs> I went to a, a pirate convention, like festival, I guess, oh, yeah? during that year. Yeah. Did they have like a plank that you could like, you know, walk? <laughs> 
No, but it had a stand-up comedian, so that was kind of weird. Wait, did he do R-rated comedy? Uh. <laughs> Fucking stop listening now. <laughs> Just turn this off. Just turn this shit off. Go and do something better with your time. Seriously, it's not going to get any funnier than that. Just fucking we'll see you next week yeah um <laughs> shall we do a little potted history on robert rodriguez the director of this movie because his career is a pretty interesting one yeah mm. okay so he was born in 1968 in san antonio texas but in 1992 when he was 23 years old he self-funded his debut feature el mariachi mm. and he raised the budget for it mostly by participating in medical trials for a clinic in austin I love that. That's great. Imagine funding a feature just by taking a bunch of random beta blockers and shit. That's insane. The film is shot in a small town near the Mexican border. It's basically a kind of crime stroke shoot 'em up action movie. Uh, And even though it only cost $7,000, and even though Rodriguez wrote and directed and DP'd and edited the whole thing himself, it still gets picked up by Columbia Pictures, who then spend $200,000 on post-production to clean it up for theatrical exhibition. So the whole, like, making a movie for $7,000 legend about Rodriguez is a little kind of fuzzy by the time you factor in all like the money that went into marketing and stuff Mm -hmm. but the fact that he still shot a whole movie for $7,000 is kind of insane Um, even if it did look pretty bad until Columbia like threw a load of money at it that would get you like a short film nowadays sure but it's also it's this kind of notion that a lot of filmmakers tell you like I've asked filmmakers in the past would you recommend going to film school and the answer has always been no take the money that you would spend on that and go and look learn to shoot a fucking short feature and use it for your reel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, depends. <laughs> Regardless, anyway, the movie becomes a hit or at least like scalable to its budget, it becomes a hit because it makes like $2 million from a really limited theatrical run and then it does like untold amounts of vis- uh, business on VHS. Enough so that Columbia agreed to bankroll a sequel come remake of the movie for Rodriguez uh, and that movie turns out to be Desperado, which is a potential Good With Numbers episode because my memory of that film is, is it's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen it in about 20 years, so I may be really wrong on that. Desperado like establishes a long working relationship between Rodriguez and not only Antonio Banderas, but also Salma Hayek and Danny Trejo, who are also in Spy Kids 3D. Machete. Um, and his frequent colla- uh, collaborator, Quentin Tarantino, who has a minor role in Desperado, but also wrote the script for Rodriguez's next movie, uh, which was From Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. A movie that, again, I adored when I saw it in theaters when I was 15, watched it like religiously through the back half of the 90s don't think it holds up quite as well in this day and age um the front end of that movie is always way more enjoyable for me than all the silly vampire shit in the second half but you know still a quotable movie people still love that shit i can see what you're i have to watch it back i remember being a kid though and watching uh what's it called from dust to dawn and just being freaked the shit out of it because like that was quite gory <laughs> yeah and i mean i i kind of wish with from dust till dawn that they'd held off on the market i remember the marketing for that movie i really wish they'd like held off on the whole vampire reveal but all that shit was in the trailers it was like if you just sat down in that movie with no prior knowledge and and like halfway through this kind of fairly sort of standard crime film becomes a film about a fucking bar full of vampires that would have blown your mind in a movie theater i don't know wait so then like I really wanted to know how he pivoted to Spike It's because you talked about like uh, Desperado and like from Dust to Dawn and it's such a turn that I'm so curious of like why that turn Roddy I'll say I'll say this to you hold on to your butt because you're about to find out alright holding butt next up Rodriguez makes The Faculty another movie that I loved at the time uh, also holds up pretty well uh, good script by Kevin Williamson great soundtrack that film has got an awesome fucking cast you've got Elijah Wood you've got Jordana Brewster like pre-Fast and Furious Josh Hartnett 
Hammer's in there, Clea Duval, who I was like absolutely in love with when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, by this point, like Rodriguez is like a bankable genre director who like clearly doesn't shy away from having violence in his movies. So obviously the next thing he does is go and make a PG rated kids film about tween spies, right? Such a turn. Yeah, it is, it's, it's a pivot, but there's a reason for it, right? Rodriguez told an interviewer at the time that somebody had come up to him and said, my son loves Desperado. And Rodriguez was like, well, how old is your son? And the guy says, he's six. And apparently that like bothered Rodriguez to the point where he like, he didn't want kids being exposed to that amount of violence and gunplay in movies. So he opted to make a family friendly action comedy that doesn't have any guns. You know, it's kind of like very kind of gadget based sort of action in those films. Um, So he makes this thing internally at his Troublemaker Studios production company. It ends up costing like $35 million, but it rakes in $150 million worldwide and obviously fuels free sequels, the last of which came out in 2011. 2011? Even the Jessica Alba one? No, no, no. That's, yeah, 2011. That was the one that had um, John McHale and Jessica Alba in it, right? Oh, uh, did he direct that too? He did. Wow, okay. I uh, Should I watch that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I've never seen it. I couldn't tell you, man. Uh, anyway, after that, Rodriguez is kind of like flitted between sort of extreme hard R movies. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like Sin City, Machete were kind of his R-rated ventures. And he does, like, kids' movies as well, right? He did um, The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which I've, I have never seen and, to be honest, don't so want to. That has, like, a cult following. I've never Didn't seen it. Didn't he that. do... What was that Grindhouse film he did? Was Planet Terror? Was that him? Yep. Yeah. The one where the woman has a gun leg? Yeah, the where Rose McGowan's got the, the machine gun leg. <laughs> I didn't really like that movie. I was going to say, what I find fascinating is, like, Laura's reaction to, say, like, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Like, he has this capability yeah like with this spy kids movie and like that movie like as like if you're an adult you're like oh whatever but then for some reason he's able to tap into what makes kids go like yeah this is what i want to see come on george lopez's giant circle face how can that not be like instantly just lodged in your memory canal forever (laughs) like (laughs) Like Taylor Lautner as Shark Boy was my my little person. Yeah, is he? Yeah, I did not know that about him. I thought Twilight was his first movie. No, he made my tiny heart flutter. He was also in um, (laughs) when he was a wee puppy. Cheaper by the Dozen too. Oh god damn, I've seen that movie. That might that's that's a fucking episode. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, like, Rodriguez hasn't done anything as kind of cool as the stuff he was doing in the 90s recently, but he did make um, Alita Battle Angel, which I've seen, like, at least four times by this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm still enjoying that movie, but also looking at it now, I'm kind of like, these visuals are going to date real fucking quick. Like, pretty soon that movie is going to look out of date because it's all CGI, and this is the problem with CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little, before we do the box office, a little fun thing about Rodriguez. In 2015, he made a short film with John Malkovich, called 100 Years but as yet it's still unreleased do you know why? it's too Malkovich-y <laughs> it's too much of him Malkovich 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 close but not quite it's because it's currently being held in a time locked safe behind a case of bulletproof glass and that safe isn't scheduled to open until November 2115 when you me and everyone listening to this podcast will be long long dead as fuck why i hope whoever beams that movie directly into their like cerebral cortex through netflix's latest body implant enjoys it (laughs) is it a case of like it's a student film 
quality and no it doesn't want to see the life of day no i think it's literally it's like a time capsule kind of thing it's like we're going to shoot a movie in 2015 this is what a movie looked like in 2015 and you're not going to see it uh, for 100 years and then in 100 years time they're going to open it up and i'm sure it'll play it like tiff or fucking whatever underwater festival tiff has become i don't know if i would do that i've i've learned from every movie that if you find something that's 100 years old if you open it, a mummy will chase after oh, you. Oh, man. So, like, <laughs> oh, do you think Malkovich is playing a mummy in that one? Oh, my God. Maybe the mummy's on the fucking Titanic in that movie. Maybe that's what it is. Ooh. So it's the like Titanic in the future. That little, like, case that they made for the time capsule finds himself on Titanic 2. And then Malkovich, uh, future, 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 future grandchild opens it. Oh, that's too much futures. Future, future? There you go. You think future, future? I'd say three futures. Sure. I feel like three is gonna. Malkovich is pretty fucking old as it is, man. So, yeah, my my mm-hmm. grandkids will watch it, maybe. Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe they'll they might see it in their retirement home, maybe. Yeah, should we do the box office for Spy Kids 3D? Sure. Money, money, money. This movie opened on the 25th of July 2003, opened at number one, which is kind of surprising. Huh. Did 32 and a half million on its opening weekend, on its way to 111 million domestic and 197 worldwide total. Damn, that's a lot of money. <laughs> It was in the day, though, like when 3D was still... Was this pre-Avatar? I can't remember. Oh, God, yeah. No, this was this was still the whole red and blue cardboard glasses 3D. Yep. 2003, man. It was still <laughs> a novelty. Like, I remember... I didn't watch it in theaters, but I remember going on Blockbuster and specifically wanting to see how it is to have that shit fly at my face. Mm. <laughs> But then it realized if you have like glasses and you have like maybe a stronger eye than the other, like it doesn't, it doesn't Uh, really work that well. So I had to rely on the visuals and the powerfulness of the story to get me mm -hmm, through. mm -hmm. Did it? Did you get through? Yeah, I was going to say, how the fuck did you manage that? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sure. I think I I was, I, I appreciated that if you were to take the, if you were to beat out this plot, there's not even enough to like maybe fill a whole page. Jesus. And they somehow managed to make a film like in my head i was like what that's kind of impressive (laughs) well we'll get to how they managed to make a fucking film out of that in a minute but uh number two at the box office that weekend how we literally just spoke about it it was pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl yay uh in its third weekend that's the second one right no that's the first one oh sorry that's the first one (laughs) i don't know yeah it's um i don't know i haven't seen it in a long time yeah i was fine at the time Orlando Bloom. So long. Based on a theme park ride. I mean... I mean, Johnny Depp got a fucking Oscar nomination for that movie, for fuck's sake. Isn't that wild? Hmm. That's weird. Yep. Uh, Number three that weekend. uh, Another movie we've talked about before, but have probably not going to be doing an episode on it. Bad Boys 2. Yeah. I remember it being okay. Yeah, I think we've already agreed that it's kind of fine and that other better podcasts have done funnier episodes on it than we're probably ever going to muster, so let's just leave that one be. Uh, number four, another movie that we've talked about and we may be doing an episode on this yet, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. She punches his jack in the face. Does she? Yeah, that one kind of flopped. That one kind of underperformed. I think they were expecting that one to be huge and it kind of killed that franchise dead for a good 15 years. It's because it was really boring. <laughs> Is it too boring to be an episode? Um, I don't know. I guess 
when you want an action movie, you want like this kinetic kind of like thrill ride. And I remember watching it in theaters and I was like, wow, this feels like it was like shot like really slow and they just kind of fast forward. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Like, it wasn't as action packed, but then it really got by on like your love of Angelina Jolie and Gerald Butler. Gerard Butler, but yeah. <laughs> Gerard. Gerald. 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 I'm star. Hello, Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry it, okay, you know Butler. What? I kind of realized. I honestly thought it was Gerald for the longest time. Uh, nope. I just assumed there was an element. It's That's Gerard Crow Russell Butler. Uh-huh, uh-huh. At number five that weekend, a movie I've never seen, but a lot of people love Sea Biscuit. Okay, never seen it. <laughs> I have no response. It's like in my head, I was like, "That's the one with yeah. the horse." Yeah, yeah. There, there's a horse. Yeah, and, and he I, runs real fast. Toby McGuire's on the mm-hmm. horse. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know. Oh shit! I forgot about him. All I think of is horse. <laughs> uh, I I never saw it. I don't know. But yeah, that was the box office for Spy Kids 3D's opening weekend. Let's get into this movie. First things first, and let's just fucking get rid of this elephant in the room. Watching 3D content and stuff that was designed to be screened in 3D, watching it in 2D always fucking sucks. Yes. It always sucks, right? And I, I felt that more than usual watching this movie because obviously this movie was before real d 3d became a thing in theater so it was still the anagraph um red and blue or red and green um glasses and it felt like it was trying so hard to remind you that this is 3d yeah <laughs> there are only like three good 3d movies in my book intrigue go on final destination 5 okay wasn't there one that literally marked itself as the 3d version so it wasn't even the one that like pushed itself and marketed itself i think that was the fourth one but the fourth one sucks as a movie, so regardless of whether the 3D is any good, I don't generally tend to watch that fourth one over and over again. I've seen Final Destination 5 a bunch of fucking times. Anyway, yeah, that. I could see it working, yeah. Monster House. Okay. Uh, and Dread. The uh, the 2011-2012 Dread movie um, mm-hmm. has awesome use of 3D in it. Anything else? I don't care. No, yeah, I'm the same. Like, for me, like again, like because I have like, glasses, like they always never really work for me. And even now, I find the ones... Like, the only reason I would watch 3D now, if it's like, oh, there's no other showing, ugh, I'd be like, fine. And I'll put it on. <laughs> because, like it's, like, it's not as fun to, like, have it, like, all of a sudden, the like, the contrast and the colors all of a sudden become darker. And I'm like, oh, this is a exciting so all the hard work that the people done to grading the film is now Mm -hmm. like not even on the screen unlike neth who was like oh it's so weird watching 2d that's not how neth sounds he sounds much more pleasant than that uh but like (laughs) (laughs) that's a pretty close approximation of how i sound (laughs) i didn't like that that fucking sucks (laughs) (laughs) no but like i kind of like get a kick like i like i guess when i was watching this movie i realized what i was in store for so like i had all of a sudden turn on this like flick in my brain that tries to appreciate the like the weirdness of it Mm -hmm. like there are scenes like you're like later on where like you you can see they had a green screen so they took like a stock footage of whatever else so they're being Mm -hmm. like it's all this chaos happening but in the background, you see like two civilians just walking casually because it's stock footage or just like any background mm. that they have to get. <laughs> they use a lot of stock footage in this movie. <laughs> so that's what it becomes that. It's more like the movie making magic of it and seeing like, all right, it's like almost like a game. Like, will they make this 3D? Oh, look, tongue sticking out of the, uh, at your face. Uh, I don't know, like the opening scene, like what do they have? Just like random square pixels flying at me. I was like, all right, let's do this. And <laughs> let me tell you, when 3D does work, it somehow usually is with like the 
text and titles and they do like that superman yeah. like opening kind of theme thing and like sure. I, I for some reason it's like the the frog tongues don't get me the punching of like whatever uh, like weapons they have at the screen don't get me it's like the titles <laughs> those are the ones that i feel like i can touch the most <laughs> superman in three in 3d would be awesome the old dick donner films fuck yeah sorry go on <laughs> no that's my little spiel i like text guys Ooh, font okay we can go on <laughs> all right we know if we're gonna make you a 3d movie it just has to be like a, a text-based movie then just it's have- just like that star wars scroll that's for a feature film like it's, oh it's just a script of star wars that just scrolls by for the longest <laughs> time oh my god every now and again a word will just randomly pop out of it <laughs> just, yeah <laughs> this movie opens with basically what is chinatown for teeny weenies with uh this junie kid uh junie cortez yes investigating some fucking corruption at a water park uh, and it is it is literally just a straight chinatown reference it's kind of funny the oh, way that it? it does that yeah absolutely almost verbatim dialogue um as well did anybody notice who plays this girl that is uh asking him to investigate what's going on at the water park no oh it's selena gomez right it is selena is gomez yeah, I had to look that up because somebody mentioned she was in there and I was like, where? Oh my gosh, she's so tiny. Amazing. The Basically, the plot of this movie is that Junie wants the new video game called Game Over and apparently the maker of the video game is going to use it to control the minds of all its players uh, for mm-hmm. reasons we never really get into. Uh, and the maker of said video game is a character called the Toy Maker and played by Sylvester Stallone. Does he make toys in this? Were there toys? Not really. Oh, okay. Doesn't make a single fucking toy. Um, I want to know what things he made in the past that constituted toys. That's what I'm mm-hmm. a little concerned, a little con- curious about. Also, we kind of scared to buy this, but like when he was doing his detective work, he was really underselling himself. Four ninety nine to actually go out and do the investigation. That's like probably what, like eight hours of work. So like he needs to, what's it called? Think of his finances more. I know this is a kid's film, mm. but financial literacy at a young age is very important. <laughs> Did any of you guys ever see Mystery Team? The, uh, the fucking Donald Glover movie? Yes. Oh my God. Yes, that's what it reminded me of. Were there child detectives? <laughs> Just that's what that. it reminded me of. It absolutely reminded me of that movie. Yeah, were there child detectives that have grown up yeah. and like he doesn't realize that his friends are going to college and he's kind of stuck in this grade school mentality of like solving mysteries and stuff. If you haven't seen Mystery team go watch mystery team it's, it's fucking great. great it's so funny i really had fun with the opening scene like and i kind of wish they played with like the genres a bit more if this movie had just been this kid yes. running around doing gumshoe and literally he gets gum on his shoes at one point mm-hmm. uh, but if he was doing like gumshoe stuff and just being like a kind of fucking philip marlowe jr kind of character i would have been all in on this movie yes i love it i would love to watch a kid detective movie i mean you know we had a high school detective movie in brick so why can't we have like an elementary school detective movie as well right anyway yeah some kid played by emily osmond comes uh flying in his window she flies in with her pigtails gertie okay uh you're gonna have to fill me in if she's a if these are characters from the second movie because i never saw that second movie uh she flies in and she i don't know her character looks like she's dubbed did anybody else get a weird vibe that her dialogue looked like it was being dubbed honestly probably (laughs) 
wasn't paying enough attention for that, I don't think. Well, you know what? This was in the first five minutes, so I was still kind of focused. Don't worry, that went away. She drops in to provide the theme of the story, which is family is everything, and then she kind of just fucks off again, and that's yep. all we see of her until the end of this film. And then Junie gets a call from the president, played by, oh my gosh, George Clooney. What are you doing in this movie? Being George Clooney? I totally forgot. He's really good in From Dust Till Dawn, so that's why he's got like the Rodriguez connection, right? Mm. <laughs> I think that's honestly really cool, though. Like, the fact that... Because, okay, the whole notion in this movie is family. <laughs> All of a sudden, I have, like, flashbacks to, like, Fast and Furious. <laughs> family. He just owns that word. So, like, if Spy Kids comes back and takes it back, I will kind of be excited for that. But, like, the the fact that, like, this movie is based on family, but, like, if you look at his kind of real life, like, in all his movies, he's managed to, like, make this found family with all the, like, bringing off, like, the actors and everyone from, like, El Mariachi to, like, again, Dust Till Dawn into this movie. So, for some reason, I kind of find that cool and I hope they wanted to participate it because they're best friends and not because of like contractual obligations yeah sure no I think I think people find Rodriguez a fairly agreeable person to work with he does tend to reuse a lot of the same people in his movies um so yeah I mean you know I guess he's probably a fairly fun guy I mean his films look like they're probably fun to make right mm-hmm. right it's just a shame that this one isn't as fun to watch look there is so much fucking shitty green screen in this film oh, yeah and that's like we know this that this is my pet peeve in movies is bad green screen and 90% of this film takes place in front of a green screen I my mind could not handle it it um it did not age well and thank god it's I, I always wonder if people can tell which movies I've suggested we watch <laughs> um <laughs> Because this is definitely one of them where it's just, it's mindless. You kind of glaze over. But yeah, I did a lot of just staring at the background and realizing that these kids are just in an empty room. Yeah. <laughs> they are, there is nothing around them. They are doing their best, right? And it's, you can't, I mean, you can fault them a little, but they're just kids. They're having a good time. And therefore, I'm having a good time. Why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I'm sure everybody had a whole fucking ton of fun making this movie but at the same time eh, just because something's fun to make doesn't mean it's fun to watch right you know uh, yes uh, enter Salma Hayek uh, playing um, some scientist lady I guess I don't know I was kind of fuzzy on what the details were here she kind of she's basically here just to drop some exposition and uh, tell Junie that he needs to save his sister from the game that she is now trapped in and that he has to shut it down but while he's shutting it down he can't release the toy maker because apparently it's bad if this guy gets out in the world I don't know yeah this is at OSS headquarters. He has to go to OSS headquarters. By the way, have all these weird like hexagonal cubicles mm-hmm. that are like just dozens of feet in the air with like no bear. Like those people could easily fall out of those things. Yeah, this place is a health and safety nightmare. It, just, it looks dangerous. <laughs> I kind of would love my my office to be that where you just sit in a lawn chair. Yeah. And then you flip <laughs> up your laptop when you're ready and then you flip it down when you're not so ready. It kind of reminds me of flip phones where you rage quit and just slam it shut. <laughs> I think everyone would love lawn chair office decor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are kids logging into this video game and they can't log out. They're stuck. They're just staring at it. Is that like the concept then is that this is like a prison for these kids? Because I was really fuzzy on what the stakes were in this movie. There were no stakes. The stakes were that it's trapping children in a virtual reality, but the game hasn't fully gone online yet. So the kids that are trapped are just the beta testers. Okay. 
But 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 what happens when it does go online? All of these kids get trapped, and and then what? Is he like using them as a fuel source? He's or? gonna brainwash them because if you control the future generations, oh yeah, if you control the children, you control the future. Yes, like the Whitney Houston song. You both really got into it. I, at this point, I realized what was kind of how it, how this movie works is that as soon as you start asking a question, something three D will pop out at you, and I'm like, oh, what was <laughs> yeah. that? Never. Mind, and then you forget about what you're Amazing. thinking. So it literally stops you from asking questions by bombarding you with something mm-hmm. in your face. Mm-hmm. So it's great for people with low attention span. <laughs> I was like, is that why I enjoyed it? I have a terrible attention span. It didn't work for me. Fair enough. How weird must it have been for this kid to watch this movie in theaters when it premiered? Or any of these people, because like it was so much so much of it was green screened. Like that's gotta be weird, right? Yeah, I guess. I think just in general, anytime like I don't know, for me, like in school when we had to do like a short film and for some reason they decide to get the room that has the biggest screen, even seeing yourself on screen in that sense is the most awkwardest thing yeah. for me. So yeah, I would imagine seeing them on screen would be weird. But then if they're maybe narcissistic, they would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're they're like acting kids, right? Acting kids love looking at themselves on screen. Well, hopefully the 3D worked for them. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, there's like, a, so Junie's in the game and there's like a bunch of beta testers in there. I guess these are the ones that are already trapped, right? And like, mm-hmm. their leader is called Rez and this kid goes, yeah. goes hi, hi, Rez. Rez. Oh, that's a good joke. <laughs> one and I w- both groaned and then I clapped. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of laughed at that one. Um, anyway, these beta, beta testers boot Junie out to the moon because they don't want him around because they're determined to beat the game themselves. You were talking about, uh, like, you know, I was like, oh, it distracts you. But this is the point where, like, I actually started t- trying to think if this was a commentary on gamers. <laughs> I was like, they're such dicks. Is this a commentary? <laughs> yeah, but but online gaming didn't exist in 2003 in the way it does now. There there was online games. You could play like Fantasy Star Online on the Dreamcast and whatnot. And I guess like EverQuest, Halo and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and EverQuest. But like compared to like the, the kind of the portrayal of video gamers now on things like fucking Odd or whatever or Fortnite. I don't know. I just feel like maybe it was pretty ahead of the curve to be making that kind of commentary. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was not <laughs> but no you're right gamers are dicks and i say that as a gamer they are fucking dicks <laughs> competitive assholes oh yeah oh yeah they yeah they existed in 2003 i was a dick with the people playing goldeneye on the fucking n64 in the 90s ah, right so, you know we all were yeah 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 proximity mines proximity mines uh in the fucking facility level in yes. the fucking air vents so that when somebody spawns yes. in the air vent they're fucked that's the way to do it yep i guess the reason why i asked it was it why is it commentary because all the time when Junie is like talking to them and like listening to them i'm like like please like use your common sense they're clearly dicks why do you keep on trusting them <laughs> like so many times <laughs> in this movie he's a kid he's naive right but yeah no they are they are kind of dicks enter ricardo montalbana's grandpa um, yeah Mm-hmm. You know, Junie gets to pick a list of people that he wants to go into the game from people he knows, and he has like a, mm-hmm. a list of pros and cons. And I swear, the fuck, when it says cons, I thought it said cons, and I thought that might have been a nice little joke, but I guess it's probably just the way Sylvester Stallone speaks made it sound like he was saying cons. Um, I was really bummed out that Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugino are like barely in this movie, by the way. Yeah. They are all over that fucking poster. They are not in this film until the last 10 minutes. I was almost convinced that uh, Antonio Banderas wasn't even in the same room as any of them until he hugs his kid and then I was like oh shit okay so he was there but they just cut him in so weird. Yeah they were there for a day of filming max I reckon. Yeah yeah. Appar- apparently not all those people were filmed at the same time 
or in the same place. See, that makes sense to me. It's weird. Apparently, Grandpa has like beef with this toy maker character, but you know, we like we can't spend any time on like developing that in any way because mm-hmm. we've got to get to this giant robot fight between Junie and some girl called Demetra. But like, don't you love how they get rid of the Grandpa? Like, because like they can't even be bothered. It's like, ooh, pretty butterfly. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, he just fucks off. That's, how, <laughs> that's what's happening now. He picks Grandpa. They make a big deal out of it, and then he just fucks off. Yeah, yeah. yeah he kind he's kind of in and out of this movie a lot. It's uh, it's bizarre. Well, he's happy to have legs so he's like just like runs <laughs> um yeah this fucking cgi robot fight did this look good in 2003 i can't remember what was like what was the standard of cgi in 2003 that was like around the time that ang lee hulk movie was out right i think so lord of the rings was the was fellowship what year did fellowship come out 2001 yeah Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. So that means it, it should have been around Two Towers releases. Because those trees look real? Hell yeah, they did. <laughs> well, I kind of bought into, like, like because it's a video game. I was like, fine. Like, if you look at video game graphics and, like, the CGI scenes or what are those scenes called? Whatever, the CGI cutscenes. I was like, mm-hmm. I, feel, I felt like maybe they were on par with that. But then we made fun of, like, Mummy Returns for having, like, a PlayStation 2 fucking well, cutscene. So, yeah. you know. That's different. Though. Okay, with this, yeah. I don't know why I'm all of a sudden getting heated. Like... And that's okay. <laughs> no, with like Mummy Returns, that was like going like, this clearly doesn't look like a human. Oh, well, this one is like, at least it kind of got the vibe of like cartoon video game antics sure, and like sure. stuck with it. They didn't try to pull off a realistic looking CGI no, version of Antonio Banderas <laughs> or like, imagine if Sylvester Stallone was 3D in all of us. Like, I don't know if I could take that. I don't know, Roddy. I think what my complaint is is that if you're going to have a giant CGI robots, you better make them look like real giant robots. Otherwise, I'm going to get fucking angry about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have this. They have this fight, and um, oh man. Then we cut to Stallone, and kind of my favorite thing about this movie is Sylvester Stallone and the fact that he's also playing like three additional characters here that are like Tour meant to be force. his kind of like yep. subconscious or so something. Weird. I don't know. He's playing an Austrian military guy. He's playing some scientist and also a hippie. Oh, it's it's like in like expanding his id into like personable people. It's weird as fuck. I guess they I guess they just didn't want him to be talking out loud to himself. Yeah, sure. Like in a room sure. by himself. I mean, and look, he's having fun. God bless him. He's having fun in this movie. Yep. Unlike some action heroes, Stallone can make fun of himself. Can't imagine who the fuck you're talking about there. Um, <laughs> anyway, they go off to play some fucking, what I thought was F-Zero for a minute here, or, or like some F-Zero <laughs> knockoff, but it turns out that this kid's car can like throw a pie, so I guess it's more like Mario mm. Kart, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking the whole way through this, I was thinking, ah, oh, this looks like an episode of Reboot. <gasps> it does. It really does. Reboot is great. Reboot is great. That is a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Crossed with Tron or something, yeah. Yeah. Look, this movie is like super bright and super colorful, but like I said, that doesn't mean that it's good, right? It's just like... It's ugly. I don't know. I I guess... For an 11-year-old, this movie probably rules, yeah, but... I was going to say, I remember it fondly, but I think that was because of different standards I might have had. You know, it it just kind of fits with the setup that they had. I wouldn't say that Spy Kids 1 or 2 were, you know, necessarily exceptional. Oscar winning? Yeah, um, but it still felt like just enough that... It was, it, it kept my attention at the time <laughs> for what, an hour and whatever minutes. I don't even remember now. <laughs> it's all a blur. I kind of have the, an issue that these action sequences do seem to go on a little bit too long. 
Mm-hmm. Like this race sequence felt like it went on forever. Mm. Um, but that may also be because around about the point uh, that they have this race, I kind of stopped the movie mm-hmm. uh, for a whole day <laughs> and went away <laughs> and then came back to it a day later because I just had a headache. Did you take a tunnel? Advil? No, I didn't. I didn't. What I did was I smoked a joint and did some mushrooms and then came back and watched the second half. Nice. You know what makes 3D a lot better? Being on magic mushrooms when you're watching it because shit's really popping out when you're watching it. Yeah. (laughs) But like to kind of go on that though, like I don't know. After a while, I was like, okay, clearly this is just kind of like set pieces and what can ever go in your face. So then there's a point where I just started analyzing the set pieces and I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. Like the robot scene had the thing where he ran around mm-hmm. and like uh, around the arena and I thought that was kind of a unique way to play the fight it wasn't like kind of a straight up box him sock him <laughs> that's a fun I love those things <laughs> I'm a little frustrated with how much life that took off of her like I didn't know being <laughs> dizzy cost me six levels but all right there's no logic to that life stuff the health bar <laughs> like she ended up with um, she went from a level nine at the beginning of that b- robot battle to a, like three lives left. Yeah, I mean, look, I got a vibe from this movie that Robert Rodriguez maybe hasn't actually played that many video games because, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, like this Junie kid comes across this health pack and he's like, what is that? And I'm like, fucking hell, kid, you're meant to be like a gamer and you don't know what a fucking health pack looks like. Come on. Seriously. Uh, you forgot the whole like about the prophecy. He's the guy, Neth. Oh yeah, they they believe he's the guy from the from the game's billboard, like this silhouette figure, and that that's how they all end up following him is because he kind of matches the shape of this figure. No, but like it happened before the race scene where he was it the race scene? No, it's after the race scene where he comes out. But like it's the whole thing for like coming back to my whole thing about thinking that there was like a bare minimum of beats, and they see how much they can flesh it. Like the guy feels like such a placeholder for what the yeah. like the one the guy felt like kind of. Of like, I don't know what we should call it. You know what? There's no other alternative. It's fine the way it is. Just call him the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just leave it. Or they just forgot to update that page when they were doing a second pass on this script, maybe. I don't know. Um, also, this Demetra kid, and I'm not being mean. Don't take it as I'm being mean about this kid. But when I was watching it, I was kind of like, is this kid meant to kind of look a little bit like Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> she looks a bit like Stallone, okay? And I thought, oh, is this like a plot point? Did they cast Stallone's daughter because it's it turns out she's like a villain. I wasn't like 100% off, right? I was kind of like yeah. half right. Yeah. Yeah. She, it does turn out that she is like a program and not a real mm-hmm. kid. But when I was looking at her, I was kind of thinking, God, she actually looks a little bit like Stallone. Is this actually his daughter or something? Yeah, it's not. It's just just, just me me reading into shit, I guess. I don't know. You were trying to... She just has a piece of hair obnoxiously hanging in front of her face oh, for the entire movie. Yes. Oh <laughs> like, God. move your hair. Also, this, this Junie kid can't say Nintendo. And I thought it was like he couldn't say it. And then I realized that he's probably not allowed to say it because yeah. Nintendo yeah. are like so super fussy about licensing stuff yeah. so he goes something like he says like atari sega, sega nendo, nendo. yeah <laughs> it's just like oh man or the wizard <laughs> yeah Okay, so, like, who's more obnoxious? The performances by the kids in this film, which, you know, they're kind of janky, but, you know, God bless them, they're trying. Or performances by, like, actual theater kids like Joseph Gordon-Levitt or Anne Halfway. Which would you rather watch in a movie? You don't like Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> it's not that I dislike him. I just always find his performances to be very kind of, like, certainly when he was younger, they're very kind of, like, theater kids, you know? Mm. I mean, I like... 
Junie at the beginning of the film when he's playing like a hard-boiled detective because that kind of fits with his acting style. The it I feel like his the way he's performing the character works not as good in the kind of virtual world that he's inhabiting where he's surrounded by characters that are hamming it the fuck up or just chewing the scenery or whatever. But like he's not even I don't know. Like I wish that he'd stayed in like his hard-boiled detective outfit when he was in the virtual world while he's surrounded by people in like these yeah. like little Mega Man outfits like I, I would have loved if it was like some kind of detective thing and he's you're not actually the toy toy maker it's it's this guy and it's almost like pulls a, off grandpa's mask and it reveals that it's him or something it's like a real right? Scooby Doo moment and so oh my gosh exactly that would have been fun <laughs> yeah, I mean, it must have been hard for these kids, right? Because acting on against green screen stuff and CGI stuff is hard. You're just like, it's a tennis ball on a stick, right? That's always the adage that when you're filming, they just give you like a point of reference to look at. And I thought it was the acting, like for what it was. Like, again, this is a movie that really is just showcasing 3D. So just taking <sighs> that into consideration, like, I thought the acting was fine. But like, if you come down to it, though, like, what is he supposed to act? Like, what was his arc in this? Like, what is he at the end of this movie coming out? into the real world with oh, oh like okay. a family like yeah the family thing like he's he's estranged from his family at the start of the movie he kind of feels like um like there's no unity in his family that's why he's doing his own thing as a detective mm-hmm. oh, okay so i think he he kind of does have an arc i guess eh, he only works with his family in like the last few minutes of the film mostly him it's mostly about him and his sister yeah, yeah we're like- clutching at straws here to justify this <laughs> but come on <laughs> it's a fucking kids film we can't be too mean about it because no. it's for kids they're a good kids film like this is on its own level of yeah. just entertaining like there's a lot of like kids film that like like to this day like an adult will cry about it because of the memories of that film. Mm-hmm. Sure, Atreyu. Um, you know, God, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> you know what? Never ending story two and three. Fucking might be episodes. Oh boy, I guess we'll find out sooner I've or later. I've actually seen the second one long time ago. Okay, so right. Okay, going back to what we were talking about about the stakes. Like mm-hmm. they keep talking about how when they run out of lives, they get evacuated from the game forever. Mm-hmm. But like, what what does that actually mean? What are the consequences of that? Do they die? No. Do they enter some kind of like vegetative state? Do they like get grounded by their parents? Because they already said earlier that the kids couldn't leave the game. So what does that mean for him? Like they figured out how a, a way to get him out of the game, but not the other kids. I just this is it. I don't understand what happens when they lose their lives. Basically, what happens is that they are banned and they cannot re-enter. So the other kids, they don't really have stakes. But what Junie's stakes is, is that if he dies, he can't go back in to get Carmen. Okay. You know what? Just sign up with a different fucking email address. I used to do that shit on Battlefield <laughs> 4 all the time. Let me just take out my eyes and then just, you know, get somebody else's. But um, with the one kid, the strong one, Arnold... Mm. He, he was talking about how he wanted to beat the game so that he could get a large amount of money for his family. Yes. Oh, so there's like cash prizes for yeah. this thing. Or- so then... If you for the players, yes. Yeah. But he, if if he's a beta tester, would he even be eligible for the money? No, of course he wouldn't, because he knows all the back doors through the game, right? I feel like that would be a conflict of interest. Something about he signed up with a visa or something like that. Oh, okay. So he was like, "Yeah, if I win, there's supposed to be a bunch of you know." That's something, I guess, but I still don't understand like what the consequences here really are. Um, I feel like they were intentionally vague, though, because it's a family film. Yeah, mind control of these children who are all going to stay hooked into the game permanently. It's a prequel to The Matrix. Ooh. 
Stallone is Stallone is the AI that takes over the world. And that's the that's the stakes for the overall movie. But I'm talking about like the individual stakes for these characters. Is yeah. Oh. If they die, they just seem to get booted out of the game. I yep. mean, that's kind of yeah. uh, okay. Fine. Maybe. Yeah. It doesn't really. I guess I'm guessing somebody had it originally in the script that it's like if they die in the game, they die in real life, and then like I guess the producers were like, no, no, <laughs> turn that into an <laughs> Bad anime. idea. Children's movie. <laughs> we uh, we get a literal floor is lava sequence here, which is kind of cool, and they like oh, yeah. surf on the lava, which is yes, kind of nice. Um, and then Salma Hayek decides that she's just going to kill these kids in the game with a big lava monster because she can't risk letting the toy maker out. But also, like Junie has already saved his sister, so again, I'm not really seeing what the problem is here. I don't know. <laughs> when that happened, I was like, is that how she's going to save the sister? Literally, he's going to be like, you're free. Like, what? that doesn't make. You're supposed to be villainous. Makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, look, we tried to get hold of a copy of this in 3D, and I know, like, Megan, you ordered a 3D copy on Blue. Uh, was it Blu-ray or... Um... No, it was just a DVD from eBay. Uh, yeah, and, like, uh, we didn't we figure out that, like, the what was the shipping time? It was, like, three weeks or something? It, I think it estimated the shipping time was, like, 14 to 25 days, and it's shipping from another town in Ontario. Yeah, and we worked it out that, like, literally it's a three-day walk from here like they could walk that fucking dvd here in that amount of time like a four hour drive from here or something probably not even that crazy um but anyway we couldn't get hold of it in 3d so we all had to watch this in 2d so you know what maybe watching it and i definitely did see it in 3d in theaters but maybe watching it in 3d Mm -hmm. really does add another dimension to this film i don't know oh yeah i'll watch it again when i get the dvd because i mean i wasted 10 bucks on it so (laughs) why not (laughs) damn uh, here comes Elijah Wood, last seen in our Back to the Future Part 2 episode, uh, playing the guy, the yeah, fabled guy. the guy. Uh, he looks like a giant in this film. Do you reckon they did that like deliberately because he was just coming off the back of all those Lord of the Rings movies? Probably. He looked like a child to me. He looked younger than like some... Literally, my note, dude, is he still looks 12 years old. I mean, he's in his 20s when he's filming this, but yeah. he's got such a baby face that he still looks like a, a 12-year-old. He's adorable. Anyway, he's the, he's the fabled the guy, and he's meant to basically lead them into level five and... The moment they get to level five, he gets yes. wiped out like a big old <laughs> oh, dork. So it's good. kind of funny. <laughs> I have to admit, I have to admit that was funny. He gets fucking uh, Samuel L. Jackson in Deep Blue Seed. He basically yes. just fucking buys it straight away. When I was a kid, I was so frustrated because I was really excited. Uh, I had gotten into the Lord of the Rings uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. And everything. So when I heard Elijah Wood was in it, I was like, this is going to be the best movie ever. He's the guy. And then he fucking shows up. And I was so, so hyped. And he dies. And I remember (laughs) just sitting there for a while in my feelings. And I don't remember most of (laughs) like the ending to that movie. I be- mm-hmm. It felt like I watched it for the first time because clearly my brain stopped processing it after Aww. Elijah Wood died. Aww. It was, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a pretty good punchline. It's, it's you know, so it's good. The old, it's an old gag, but it's a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. Demetra shows up again, and Junie's sister is like, "She's not real," and I'm like, "Yeah, I've had girlfriends like that before as well." <laughs> um, like you can also you can't just swipe your hand through a computer program like that kid keep your hands to yourself that's just not on yeah. the way that he just Rude. starts like 
poking at her. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricardo Montalban kind of sucks in this movie. I'm sorry. I know it sounds mean, but he's kind of, I don't know. There was just something about his performance that felt a bit off for me. I don't know. I don't know if he's acting against the kid in, in, actu- in actuality or if he's just saying his lines and then, like, I don't know if they were both filmed in the same room. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. I will say, though, Ricardo Montalban, like, this is one of those his last on-screen appearances. Mm. He aged really gracefully. Damn. Oh, yeah. He looks great. He looks great. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Still sexy, yep. even as an old dude. Um, also, I realized at this point in the movie that the other guy with Salma Hayek in the control room that's watching them is Mike Judge. Yes. Yes. Of Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill fame. I was like, I didn't realize up until this point. And then when he, every time he spoke after that, I just heard him saying it in a Hank Hill voice. Yeah. We're going to get the kids out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I saw him listed on the cast list. I was like, wait, that Mike Judge? Yeah, it is. Weird. He must have been friends with the director or something. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, also, Clooney turns back up and does like an impression of Stallone for a split second, which is kind of funny. He's, he's trying to do Sylvester Stallone like that. And it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then he turns into Stallone. And it turns out like Stallone has been fucking rigging this whole thing the whole time. I don't know. I kind of tapped out by the time this yeah. movie got to its climb. Well, I mean, hey, family shows up and it's cool and we get to finally see the the parents, Antonio Vendez and all them. Yeah, they they shut down the game and the toy maker somehow escapes regardless and he's got... J- yeah, even though he did a bunch of shit, I don't know. Yeah, he's got like giant robots that are now attacking stock footage of, I don't know, I'm going to say Austin. I don't know where this is meant to be, but I'm assuming it's like Austin. Um <laughs> And then we get like this call to all of their family members to come and help, which is kind of mm-hmm. the only bit of the movie where my interest kind of perked up. Because uh, mm-hmm. we get like Cheech Marin here for a start, which yep. is great. Is he going to do like a, a PG friendly version of the pussy speech from From Dust Till Dawn? No, I guess not. <laughs> um, we get Danny Trejo here mm-hmm. uh, playing Machete, might I add. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which this was three no wait four years before grindhouse when they had that fake machete trailer in grindhouse that then spun off into two machete movies oh really yeah so like i didn't realize the origin of that machete character is actually from fucking spy kids which is kind of crazy i love it um alan cumming and tony shaloub show up as well with like an army of robot kids for some fucking reason i seem to remember alan cumming being in the first movie right i think he's like the bad guy in that um as someone that has has no recollection of both the first two movies, I was like, oh, I probably would, I'm not enjoying this as much as I'm supposed to if I were to actually have watched those two. Because it felt like it was like, this is the end of a trilogy and we're bringing every your fan favorites. And I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, fucking Bill Paxton shows up as a cowboy. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Sad yeah, to see Bill Paxton. Too. I was like, yeah. R.I.P. Uh, I miss him so much. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Shemi drops in on a flying pig. And at this point, I really thought my mushrooms had properly kicked in because I was like, <laughs> fucking hell. There's a flying pig with Steve Buscemi on it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But no, that's apparently really in the fucking movie. It is. Mm-hmm. And then Grandpa volunteers to shut down the toy maker's last giant CGI robot. And this Junie kid is like, Grandpa, no. And Carlo Gugino is kind of like, he has to let him go. Mm. But then what we don't actually see is under her breath, she's like, his care home is really expensive anyway. And we could have like a <laughs> second and third vacation every year if we just let this play out. Oof. Oh my god. Uh, and then they shut down this robot 
and they all fucking put their hands in and say what we Yay. already knew from the start of the movie that family is everything right mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of the end of the movie apart from those 3D credits you know what I don't need fucking blasted at me in 3D at the end of a movie mm. the words Harvey Weinstein yeah. you can keep it thanks <laughs> shall we do and we haven't done one in a while shall we do a quiz oh. sure. yes Awesome. (laughs) All right. I don't have a title for this quiz, but basically the gist is I'm going to give you the name of a fake video game from a movie. Mm -hmm. And I want you to tell me what movie it's from. And if you don't know, I want you to fucking guess. (laughs) This this feels like a very threatening quiz. (laughs) Fucking guess. Well, you know what happens? You get, you're going to get evacuated from the podcast if you don't get it right. You're going to lose all your lives and, uh, and I don't know. Monty Python style. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. Are you guys ready to play? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're not just saying, we'll go do something else. (laughs) I've suddenly forgotten every movie I've ever watched. So thanks for bringing that up again. So a caveat on this is it was pretty hard to find fake games from movies. So a few of these are from TV shows as well. So that, <gasps> yeah, that might help your mind a little. Nope. I've never got TV too. Thanks. I guess we'll find out how we do. All right, Megan, you're up first. Okay. What movie features a video game called Transcendence? And I'll give you a clue. The C is capitalized and it ends in a Z or a Z. And that is also capitalized. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, I'll give you another clue. It's a Canadian movie. Ooh. I don't know why I said it like that. Ooh. No. How should it be for Canadian film? Ooh, eh? <laughs> it's not. I mean, I'm sure it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Transcendence. It sounds a lot like the title of the movie. Well, kind of, the way it's pronounced. I. Uh. Why am I talking like robot all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not your go. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Unless you want to buzz in, Roddy, if you know. Buzz. <laughs> okay, Roddy, buzz, Roddy buzzed in. Roddy, you want to take a guess? Existence? It is existence. Existence. There you go. Roddy gets Megan's point. Okay, fine. You know what? If you don't know the answer, other people can just buzz in now. We just changed the rules? Fuck it. Who cares? Yo, existence is like a wild film. I still being remember being creeped out by the game controller. I don't think I could ever play a flesh-looking... Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I would get an existence port in my body in a fucking heartbeat. That would be amazing. Mm. It actually should have get infected. Oh. Anything to get me out of this fucking reality. <laughs> Roddy, you're up next. All right. What movie or TV show features a game called Bone Storm? Oh, Bone Storm. <laughs> I feel like it'd be like South Park, maybe. <laughs> oh, you're so close, but I'm afraid but that's not right. <laughs> Megan's buzzing. Megan. Hey, <laughs> The Simpsons. 
Megan wins back that point from Roddy <laughs> is the Simpsons. Why bone stormer? Go to hell. It's the game that Bart steals. Amazing. Please tell I know that episode. He got golf Thrill instead. How. Well, you stole her point and she stole yours. So it all works out. It kind of yeah, balances out in the end. That was such a good scene. Laura, what movie or TV show features a game called Roy? A life well lived. Uh-huh. I have no idea. Buzz. <laughs> yeah. Roddy, Roddy with a buzz. Rick and Morty. It is from Rick and Morty. Oh, it's when yes. um, I thought it sounded familiar. It's from the Jerry Daycare episode when they're, yes. they're playing the Royal yes. Life Well Live game. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Getting Jerry off the grid has a social insurance number. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, doesn't he like become like a fucking carpet salesman? He does. Or yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, Megan, you're up next. Okay. What movie or TV show features a game called Sugar Rush. Oh, that would be um, <laughs> the one I. Oh, fuck, the uh, only Wreck one it, I know. Wreck It Ralph. Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> yes, it's from Wreck It Ralph. It's the the mm-hmm. karting game that Sarah Silverman's mm-hmm. character plays. Yep. Good movie about video games. Roddy. Yes, sir. What movie? And I'm just to help you out a little. Clues in the title. What movie features a video game called Wrestle Jam '88? Wrestle Jam 88? Uh, this is my thinking sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestle Jam? Ugh, I don't even know. Because I don't know. I just want to like give a call out and say Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> Wrestle Jam 88? 88? <laughs> you gotta have to do something with Wrestle, I'd imagine, because it's not Space Jam. Yeah, I'm, uh, you'd have thought maybe it would be something to do with Wrestle. Mm. Is there any movie you can think of? Anybody want to buzz in? Any movie that might have the word Wrestle as part of its title? The Wrestler, that one with... You uh... don't get a fucking go because you already <laughs> said Mamma Mia. Buzz. Touchy. Laura. <laughs> the Wrestler. Laura gets the point. That Yay! is correct. <laughs> it's from Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler. There's a scene where Mickey mm. Rourke is playing some NES-style wrestling game that features his character as a playable character in the oh. game. It was Maybe worth it. That's right. This what that that one went to you, Meryl Streep. If you're listening. <laughs> uh, Laura, your turn. Oh no. Where would you find Oasis? Why does that sound familiar? Uh, oh no. In a, in a juice like <laughs> aisle in the grocery store. Well, you would, but that's oh. not what we're talking about here. Okay. <laughs> they made a game. Oh, I think Megan knows. She can buzz in. I know what it is. Okay, Megan, buzz in. Buzz. Uh, it's it's uh, fucking Ready Player One. It is. And also, might I add that oh. you have to refer to it as fucking Ready Player One whenever it gets brought up on this podcast. <laughs> fucking Ready Player One. <laughs> fucking Ready Player One. Ate it. Film Ate sucks it. so badly. Uh, I've totally lost count of who's in the lead, so <laughs> we're just going to do this last round like for we fun. we do this all the time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I should maybe make a note, but I never. I get too excited. I get too <laughs> into, my host, into my quiz host fucking capabilities. Well, and now I that we're stealing track. points from each other, it's all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all over. to play for still. Uh, Megan, what movie or film, and this is a tough one maybe, would you find a game called Demonic? Sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't It's a comedy know. movie. And I mean, oh. some people might say it's not a comedy. I think it's kind of funny, but... It's a comedy movie about video game developers? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Okay, anybody want to buzz in? 
a movie or TV? It's a movie. Eh? Demonic? Yeah, maybe this one's just too obscure. And there's comedy. <laughs> Neth, do you want to buzz in? I'll buzz in. <laughs> I'll buzz in and tell you that the answer is actually the movie Grandma's Boy, the fucking Happy Madison comedy that maybe oh. like six people have seen. Wow. Yeah, they're, oh, de- they're seen developing that. a video game called Demonic in that ga- in that movie. Mm. Well, congratulations uh, on your uh, on your point there, Neth. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> Thanks like for playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Roddy, in which movie, and this is a fake game, not a real game, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Because all the other ones have been real? <laughs> Doom, no, but Doom, the arcade game. Ooh. Wait, what? I don't get this question, because there's a movie called Doom. So there's a, there's a movie where somebody is playing an arcade cabinet of uh, Doom. But Doom was never an arcade cabinet. It was mocked up specifically for use in this film. And when I saw this movie in theaters, I turned, because I went to see this with my mom, I turned to her and said, that's not a real game. And you know what she said to me? She looked at me with the loving eyes of a mother looking at a son. She said, shut the fuck up. And uh, (laughs) I can't remember watching the movie. (laughs) Because it's in the theaters and people are watching. That makes sense. Except in more of a Scottish accent. Sure. She said it in a, she said, shut the fuck up. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> you would do the same you. to any one of us. Um, probably. Uh, Roddy, what <laughs> movie features Doom, the arcade game? I don't know, so I'm just going to say Big. <laughs> no, afraid not. Bitterly for Big. Oh. Anybody else want to have a guess? No, you're not going to get it. I made this one deliberately hard. It is featured in the movie Gross Point Blank. Oh. In the convenience store, there's a Doom arcade game before it gets blown up. Ooh. How old were you watching Gross Point Blank with your mom? How old? Gross Point Blank is like bang, bang, bang. Uh, I was fucking 17 when that movie came out. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you were like a child, like the child who was watching El Mariachi. Mm-hmm. No, but my mom also took me to see Schindler's List when I was like 13 as well. So, you know, go figure. Hmm. Well, that's old enough. Um, not in the UK, it wasn't, because that movie uh. was like 15. Uh, anyway, Laura, this is the last one. Okay. You might get this one. Again, the clue's kind of in the title. What movie or TV show... Features a game called Burger Boss. Bob's Burger? That is correct. Yay! Yay! I actually earned one. Uh, that was our fucking quiz. <laughs> the winner on, is Neth. <laughs> on video games. I feel like nobody was the winner in this one. I feel like, especially you, dear listener, were the loser in this one, but <laughs> never mind. Um, all right. <laughs> Spike, it's 3D. Would you guys recommend this movie? Yes. For all of the 3D action and and uh, color. <laughs> the uh, Carla. Uh, g- g- how do you? I, I'll, I'll look. Carla. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you okay, Roddy? <laughs> yeah, man. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I felt like if I felt for some reason I needed to let me like, yes. But then as I tried to defend it, I come up rude. <laughs> yes. I me realizing, no, <laughs> you can't actually recommend this movie at all. <laughs> because like, of Carla oh, Gugino? <laughs> hey, that's a solid reason. She, sure. She's in the movie for like two minutes. Yeah. Worth it. <laughs> Those are some good minutes, you know? I guess. Uh, Laura, would you recommend this? Um, I would if you have the three weeks to spare and can get a DVD copy with the 3D (laughs) glasses and everything. Because realistically, the only thing that this movie for me has going for it is the nostalgia. Without it, it's fine, but it's gross to look at, so I I wouldn't. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, Megan? Eh, I mean, we'll see how I feel after I watch it in 3D, if that ever happens. Um, but, like, it's like a theme park ride, right? Like, I guess it would appeal to kids if they're watching it in 3D. But other than that, I mean, it was made in 2003. I don't know if it holds up for kids now. Maybe it does. I don't know. We should go uh, We should go find a child and make them watch Spy Kids 3D and ask them what they think. Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll, as soon as I get my 3D glasses, I'll stick them on my infant, park him in front of the television. <laughs> sure, why not? See how that goes. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. I'm an adult. I feel like I. I can't objectively. Uh... <laughs> judge this film yeah that's my kind of my take on it as well this movie i would recommend it if you're 11 but watching this as an adult i don't know it just gave me a headache mm-hmm. i was just like oh, this is so much green screen so much shonky cgi mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i get what rodriguez was trying to do with this movie he had like he wanted to like try and and i guess this movie did kind of almost sort of kickstart the whole revival of 3d mm-hmm. uh, it was a few years later until we got stuff like monster house and beowulf and uh my bloody valentine all started like spilling out using like real d technology which was actually you know pretty good 3d really Mm -hmm. but uh but you know just as an adult this movie just kind of dragged a little bit for me stallone's fine in it i think stallone's funny uh other than that there isn't really much going on here um hey ho that was our episodes on spy kids 3d game over directed by robert rodriguez next week on the show whoever's doing this is going to come after you again Trust me. Just an urban legend. Urban legend, my ass. You ever hear the urban legend about the guy who picks up the dead hitchhiker? Urban Legends Final Cut. Kind of feel like we might have to play a drinking game where uh, anytime somebody says the word urban legend or the words urban legend, we uh, take a shot. Yeah kind of feel like we might be paralytic halfway through next week's episode um <laughs> is that the first is that the second one or the third one i can't remember it's the second one i think the okay. the third one is called bloody mary i think correct i don't know i haven't seen i haven't seen this movie yet i it has a reputation i guess we're gonna find out why would the second one be called the final cut it makes it sound like it's the end of a series or something that's weird anyway <laughs> i'm sure again i'm sure we'll find out next week why it's called final cut uh until then you can find us on twitter at bad numbers pod we are on instagram bad numbers podcast uh you can email the show bwnpod at gmail.com we're on youtube as well why not look us up there we have been bad with numbers from toronto canada thank you very much for listening stay safe out there goodbye bye 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 bye